0: Hello and welcome everyone, welcome to Solution Sunday, where the soul is the solution. I'm Lisa Warner, I'm the author of The Simplicity of Self-Healing and the creator of Solution Sunday. And I am here today with my special guest, Amy Tedisco. She has been a build your best life coach for over 14 years She's also a nationally recognized green living expert and an early pioneer in the green living movement. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today, too. And she helps clients build their best life and make their big vision board goals come true. And with over 35 years of personal spiritual growth experience and research and 30 years of green, healthy living expertise, Amy has channeled her personal and professional learning to create a living change lab for personal transformation both online and at her organic farm in Vermont. Amy, welcome. Thank you, thank you. So nice to be on Mother's Day. Yes, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there and to our dear beautiful mother earth. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> the ultimate mother exactly, without whom none of us would be here. (laughs) So (laughs) Beautiful. So Amy and I have just been recently introduced by our our mutual friend, Keith Leon. And uh, so we've just we've discovered that we don't live very too far apart. So Amy and I are, are both of the same mindset that healing the body it's not about healing the body it's about nourishing the soul coming back to the soul so that we bring the soul back into the body so that mind body and soul are all nourished as one (laughs) so amy let's let's talk about what what it is that you do in your farm and what is um, green living. Oh, and, and she's also the author of Green Living for Dummies. So, <laughs> Te- technical editor <laughs> that's actually a
1: Wiley publishing book, but yeah, I, I was lucky to get that opportunity to be the technical editor for that book, which was really fun.
0: Awesome. So, let's talk yeah. about green so-
1: living. And yeah, so green living is kind of where I started about 30 years ago, and it was partly because I grew up in a fairly unusual. Household where my mom was very interested in uh, alternative health, but particularly good food. And my stepfather was a chef. So it was a really wonderful combination. Right. And I even worked in some health food stores when I was a teenager. And that opened up my world to not only organic food, but supplements and homeopathy and holistic living, really. And then when I became pregnant with my daughter, Diana, I because I love going to health food stores, went to them regularly and I found this little paperback book called The Non-Toxic Baby. And much to my surprise, even with all of the information that I had learned up to that point, I didn't realize that there were toxic synthetic chemicals in everyday household products like toothpaste and shampoo and cleaning products and paint, you know, all the different things that we put into our bodies and into our homes and offices. And so once I learned something, I just kind of Get into it big time. (laughs) So I did a lot of research, and I was looking for not only the information so I could share it with others, but maybe even more importantly, what can I use instead that was actually natural and you know what it said on the label because there's you know greenwashing, which was even present back then, you know before green was cool, Um, and so it was a real trial and error process of examining ingredients, trying stuff out. I mean, and it's so easy, really, to clean your home without these toxic chemicals. You can just use baking soda and vinegar and castile soap and Bon Ami. Um, so there's there's so many different solutions <laughs> that one can use to live a less toxic life, even in this incredibly toxic world that we find ourselves in.
0: Yeah, it's really incredible how easy it is for the chemical producers to make a make a billions and billions of dollars by poisoning our yeah. foods poisoning our skies our earth yeah. and you know just convincing us oh it's perfectly fine people just have this idea that because it's sold in a grocery store or sold anywhere fda approved right it, it's fine
1: well and that's particularly true of things like Roundup, which is really glyphosate, right? And that is one of the most toxic substances on earth that is being used everywhere. It's used, you know, completely in conventional agriculture, especially big ag, which is a huge source of issues for toxic pollution and a big contributor to climate change. I actually did some research recently and found that big ag, including um taking down forests like the rainforests in Brazil. Yes. because they want to plant more stuff to feed animals primarily like a lot of our crop land in this world is to feed animals and to feed them poorly um but that is just under the uh greenhouse gas contribution compared to energy so it's like 24% is agriculture and deforestation and 25% i think was um was the energy sector so that just tells you how powerful the way we grow our food. And and it's becoming increasingly scary, to be honest with you. There's a lot of our farmland is being bought up by very wealthy people. um, And there's a lot of control of the food system that's happening with, you know, owning seed technology and pushing that seed technology, particularly in other countries, but even in this country. And now this whole lab-grown meat Movement and uh,
0: it gets pretty. What could possibly go wrong with that? Well, they don't call it Impossible Burger for no reason.
1: At least I don't oh, think. They do
0: goodness, much. yeah. I mean, you know, if we if we if we look at Mother Earth as a living being, right? Which we don't. The I mean, we do obviously, right. but, but a lot of us do not. The powers that be do not. Right. And they just look at it, at, look at her as a dead rock floating through space that is here to be exploited, exactly. used well, and, for money. And but, Lisa,
1: I think it really gets to the whole topic of your Sundays here, the solution. illusion. My sense is that a lot of the reason why things are the way they are is because many of us have lost our connection to our soul. We don't even know we have one. Yeah. Right. And if we
0: lived in connection with our soul, we wouldn't be doing these toxic things. Exactly. You know, and, and that's when I, what you just said, you know, being in connection with our soul. It's like that is one of, I think, the most horrific things that that religion has done, teaching people that we have a soul. We are the soul right you can't be not your soul like (laughs) we are a soul housed in these human forms yeah so you know that that idea separates us from the soul that we have a soul and it's off there somewhere that maybe after we die we'll get lucky and find it Mm -hmm. We are it right here, right now.
1: Right, and I think the other piece that's often missing, and particularly in organized religion, you know, we're taught in organized religion, and I didn't spend much time there to be honest, because Mm -hmm. it just is not a fit for me. But Mm -hmm. what I have noticed is that we are told that there's this God, right, that is some sort of punishing, judging entity, and that we have to listen to God. These (laughs) holy men tell us what God is trying to tell us when. My belief is, and I'm imagining yours is too, that the soul part of us is a piece of that God, that universal source energy, right? So that we're all connected and part of that. So it's not, it's not like it's some entity outside of us that is this judging
0: father figure, in my opinion. Exactly. You know, I, I have kind of an interesting um, history when I was a really little girl when I would go to bed at night, I would just close my eyes and I would just float and I would just be part of this unified field of unconditional love. Well, that's amazing. And I remember being, I was, I was really little. I was like two and three years old and I would just be just in this beautiful unconditional love. Mm. And I would look around and go like, All right where's the guy like where's this old dude with the beard like (laughs) you know where is this this guy judging it was like there is no god as a being as an entity it's just like this is the field of unconditional love this Mm -hmm. is where this is the living life force energy that is everywhere anywhere right. exactly so it's like the mycelium layer of the entire universe from which exactly. all of the all growth comes from this layer of energy right
1: and and it feels really sad and and more than sad destructive to um to see how religious organizations can corrupt that into yes. something completely different a couple of years ago i listened to a podcast sort of talking about What were the origins of these organized religions? What was the purpose behind them? And what they said was, it's really, it was a, it was a way to control people because the thought was if there was nothing to fear that people would be, be totally reckless, you know, they'd be killing everybody. They'd be sleeping with everybody's, you know, significant others, all this kind of stuff. And so there had to be this fear put in to say, Oh, but if you do this, that's a sin. And then you're going to be punished. And, so it wasn't really anything to do with connecting with the divine. Now, though I know that there are some people in organized religions who really do connect with that, um, that higher energy source. And, and I think that's great. And if it works for you, I think that's wonderful. I don't you know, mean to judge all organized religion or say everybody that goes to church is making a mistake, but
0: it has well, Yeah, when we look at how, we, when we look at the power structures of the world, And the people who are actually, you know, considering themselves to be the rulers of the world. Mm -hmm. Hope is right up there on top with the presidents and the, you know, all of these. And
1: and then we look at this, the, the horrors of the abuse that has happened by elevating these people. You know, we know all about the priests and the scandals that have happened and, you know, it, It's really obviously not just Greece. We've seen it with Hollywood stars and producers. I mean, we know anybody that's elevated into a position of power then is in more of a condition to be able to take advantage of people. And that's unfortunate, but, you know, we need to do something about that.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. You know, there are far, far more of us who act in integrity with indecency, honoring Mother Earth, respecting ourselves and each other and the planet. There are far more of us than exactly. there are of the ones that believe that they have the, the bloodline to rule over us. Exactly. And, you know, as soon as the, the majority of the sleep, still sleeping masses... Wake up and see like, well, hey, wait a minute, if we just take these people out of positions of power, stop letting the criminals run the world, make right. all the decisions for us. Right. We can make our own decisions. Yeah, right. and
1: I think that's, that's a very powerful piece. And one of the things I've observed is that schools don't really teach children how to think critically. Not at all. It's actually something that they go the opposite direction. You know, let's let's keep everyone in their chairs at their desks and behave. And, you know, girls are supposed to be nice. And, you know, boys are supposed to behave and not get too rowdy. And it is so squelching of the soul. Oh, right? right. And I think, you know, I've read things that suggest that it's because we're trying to train people to be good little employees, you know, to work in soul-sucking positions. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, yeah. I've followed you know,
0: the, the The ones who rule the world, they don't want empowered citizens. Right. Because empowered citizens would simply take them out of power. <laughs> right. Or just ignore them and
1: go about their business. Well,
0: Exactly. Stop allowing them to make decisions. When we're fully empowered, we make our own decisions. And when we start making our own decisions from dignity and honor and respect, Mm -hmm. we don't do all of those horrible things.
1: Exactly. And sort of looping back to that whole thought about if we were living from the place of our soul, which I believe is that really wise aspect of us that knows the right things to do. We wouldn't be having all the problems that we're having, right? We And and even on a more specific level, we would be following our intuition to know what the next thing is for us. So for me, as a Build Your Best Life coach, what that really means is helping people connect to their soul so that they can make the next best desi- decision for themselves and, and follow that divine inspiration of, oh, that I'm kind of curious about that. Let me explore that and see where that takes me. Um, and that's what I've been doing in my own life.
0: Beautiful. Me too. <laughs> yeah, it's a great way to live. Right? Michelle says, children don't belong in institutions. Let them Agreed. be free to be. For totally. sure. That,
1: and that's one of the reasons why I started my daughter off at a Waldorf school, mm. because I loved the whole philosophy of, you know, everybody has their own learning style. And I also enjoyed the fact that they were outside every day, regardless of the weather. They just mm. had to be dressed properly. So there was a lot of connection with nature and that whole inspiration that comes from doing things with your hands. You know, the way they learn numbers with with objects that they could manipulate and move around. It was it was quite a beautiful um, educational opportunity.
0: Oh, nice. You know, that's the whole thing. Kind of coming back to our that connection with nature, Mm -hmm. you know, as as a child. I just wanted to play outside. I just wanted to do cartwheels and lay on my back and look at the clouds and climb trees. I totally remember that. Yes. Right.
1: And so Lisa, one of the things that I've been doing to try to help other people get ignited into that way of living is I do these um, in-person retreats on our organic farm in Vermont. And I have one coming up. In fact, this August um, for women, we've got 12 women, or 12 spots for women to join us and it's all about the connection to nature understanding where your food comes from how to grow you know a little bit about how to grow organic but even more than that it's around this incredible experience with horses that helps you kind of see how you show up in the world because horses are amazing teachers right i don't know if you've spent have you spent much time with horses
0: I've your- I've spent some time. I haven't been able to spend a lot, but I know a lot of people who work with horses and how healing that experience is. It's
1: amazing. The first retreat I did eight years ago, I had um, six women and the impact was profound and especially the part with the horses. So just to give you an example, and I have this documentary on my website, this one woman who was a, fem- a female veteran She and this is something that she's told publicly, so I'm not telling any tales out of school, but she was an alcoholic and she had some horrible traumas that she experienced while in the military in the military. And through this program, which she she gives the credit to this experience of helping her become sober. So she and it wasn't like I did anything specific to address the alcoholism, but we did a mindfulness practice every day. We had this amazing experience with horses. We spent time on the farm and they especially loved weeding. (laughs) <laughs> Which is, you know, some people think that's a drudgery task, but there's actually a chemical reaction that happens when you're putting your hand in the dirt, hands in the dirt and breathing a healthy soil. And a healthy soil means that it's alive with microorganisms because those are the, the little uh, entities that break down the nutrients in order to feed the plants, right? So if you're breathing that and you're putting your hands in the soil, you actually trigger a serotonin response in the brain. That's that happy hormone. So, I mean, I was just in my garden yesterday and I was thinking about that and I was like, God, I just love, I was just clearing weeds out from last season to, you know, make room for this season's plants. And I just, I love that whole experience of, you know, being in the soil and planting and sprouting seeds because there's so potential to see like this little tiny seed and it becomes this 12 foot sunflower. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. <laughs>
0: uh, I was outside working in my garden yesterday too. Yeah. Nice to have the nice to have the spring back, <laughs> a little bit warmer weather up here in the yes. northeast. <laughs> yeah, so we're supposed to get
1: a good stretch this coming week, I guess.
0: Ah, nice, beautiful, yeah. Our, it's it's amazing how you know as as children we're so free and we get to be and play and explore in nature and live yeah. by our own rhythms. You know, our right, parents right. let us go to sleep when we're tired and, and sleep until we wake up. Like, yeah, you know, right. there's no alarm clock and, and all of that. And yeah. then as soon as we are get shipped off to school, it's like, oh, you got to get up now. It's still yeah. dark out, but you got to catch the bus and, you know, and then you got to sit in that school and it's
1: like, and you know what I think too, Lisa, I don't feel like that has to stop at childhood, right? I feel like we as adults can, can, can maintain that childlike quality about looking at i mean when i take a walk in nature i am and dave my partner too we're constantly looking around to, to notice things to see oh look at that interesting bug or look at how cool that beautiful plant is or i'm i'm particularly fascinated too by what's going on underneath the soil with all the you've mentioned uh uh gosh what is it the part of the mushrooms that's underneath the surface mycelium mycelium yeah yeah um, I'm, and there's evidence to suggest that they can actually save us, you know, in some ways they can transform a toxic wasteland into completely inert substances that boggles the mind. Yeah. This, um, Paul Stamets is this incredible mushroom guru, and there's some wonderful YouTube videos by him that will blow
0: your mind. (laughs) So if anyone's interested in that, I would check out Paul Stamets. Oh, cool. Maybe we can put a, a link in the chat after. Sure.
1: Oh, yeah. I'll find my favorite one and I'll send it
0: to you. Ah, cool. Excellent. Yeah. I love going mushroom foraging in the summers. And, um, you know, it's just, it's so interesting. And there are so many incredibly beneficial ones. You know, mushrooms are medicine. Absolutely. Everything that we need for our health, for our longevity, for our well being, for our food, for our shelter, for our clothing. Right it's all here (laughs) it is given to us freely right by mother nature exactly in abundance exactly and but we because those people that want to make all of the money they simply point our attention in a different direction saying you have to rely on us for everything well
1: and it gets even a little bit more diabolical, unfortunately. Not only did they try to get us to believe that, but they're trying to take away the options, right? So if they are the ones that have all the farmland, if they own all the seeds and the pesticides, and there's no other choice, that really puts us into a predicament. So what I am always talking about is the need to grow our own. And Absolutely. and that's why I love inspiring people to do that, because I do these um, these really unique food and farm tours on our farm in the summer season. And that's what got featured on HGTV not too long ago. And I'm even this summer going to be doing a lot more preserving of food. I want to really build up a nice supply of, you know, food just because who knows what's coming? You know, there's there's food insecurity already. And there's some weird stuff around, you know, like 12 different food processing plants have all had fires in
0: this short amount of time. Like, you yeah, know, that's um, interesting, isn't it? Yeah, there. That's a little odd. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and when you grow your own food, you know what it is, exactly. you know where it's been, you know where it's come from. You've grown it with love and care right. and respect and, and you've that nurtured that. Yeah. yeah. So,
1: you- yeah. And one of the things that I'm noticing that's really kind of scary is that the, we're moving away from humans growing food. We're creating these. I, I used to think hydroponic was a wonderful technology because it could be used for good. Mm. Now I'm noticing that there are these giant hydroponic facilities that are run by machines, Ugh. not even humans for the most part. And now they're doing crazy CRISPR technology where they're, you know, changing the genes of lettuce and putting an mRNA vaccine in lettuce. Yeah. Oh. What? Gee, the heck? We're going the wrong direction
0: with that. Yeah. What could possibly go wrong with that? <laughs> I know. It's trying immor- to improve on nature. Okay. That folks, is such a faulty premise. You yeah. Can't. Let's, it was let's all designed just, beautifully for us. <laughs> exactly. Let's just be totally clear here, people. We cannot improve on perfection. <laughs> Nor should we try because it's a waste of
1: time and resources and it's taking us down the wrong path.
0: Exactly. But the snake oil salesmen are happy to convince us that we can, that they can improve on perfection, Right, that natural immunity will be so much better Mm. with this injection.
1: Well, the true natural immunity, I believe, is much better,
0: but not the one that's generated in a laboratory. Well, exactly. Like yeah. we have immunity. It's natural That's already. That's we how cannot we align. improve on nature. Right. But we can be convinced that what we have isn't good enough. Correct. That is. Yeah, I, mean, the- I
1: think fear is the controlling factor. And we've certainly seen that over the last two years.
0: Absolutely. Carol says I grew up in a huge garden selling surplus and provide and preserving what we needed. Ah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Where is where did she grow up? I believe I think Carol's in Texas. Oh wow. She's, I mean, she is now I assume she grew up there. But cool. it, pop it in the chat there if you want, Carol. Yeah, I'd love And to Michelle says the Fantastic Fungi, oh, excellent yes. documentary on Netflix. That's the one. That's the one. Thank you. You're <laughs> Michelle's right on it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's a beautiful video. Yeah. You know, there's there's just so much. It's so mind-boggling to realize that you know, everything we need is given to us literally for free. Yeah. But now everything has been flipped around so that now it's not free anymore. And right. basically we have, to, we have to rely on other people to sell us what nature gives us for free.
1: I know. It's, it's kind of wacky when you break it down like
0: that. <laughs> right? Yeah. Little, like All we have to do is just like open our eyes and see. Yeah. You know? But, like, and, and the
1: other thing that I've noticed is that it's, it's so easy to get distracted by life, right? I mean, so many people are working so hard just to put food on the table. That to pay attention to all of this other information is overwhelming. And it's it's frankly quite depressing. So that's why I always feel like it's important to come up with the solutions mm-hmm. Got it. in order to be able to live a healthy, happy life. Because, you know, otherwise, what's the point? What are we exactly. doing here?
0: You know, I love that you bring up the, the word distraction mm. because, you know, we are creator beings. We create in every moment of every day. And mm. what we focus on is what we manifest. That's for sure. So things. yeah, <laughs> so these, you know, this ruling class, simply, they actually, because they're kind of more on the dark side than on the light side, the dark really can't create. So That's what they do, they need our light in order to generate the reality that they want. Mm -hmm. So all they do is they take our attention and go, look here, look here, look here, Mm -hmm. focus here, focus here. Mm -hmm. And then we just create their reality for them Mm -hmm. to our own detriment. Right. We're so distracted on looking over here, looking over here, Mm -hmm. that we focus our attention on it and bam, there it comes. And then we go, oh well, see, it's that's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. Well, it's only the way it is is because we just created it that way if but we, we actually into a focus premise. inside and we yeah. start focusing on the soul we start focusing on who we actually are and the powers that we actually have exactly. we can focus our own attention in any direction we want and we can create anything we want yeah
1: and and that makes me think too about i i don't listen to the news i mean yeah. i get a certain amount through you know social media and if I, if I really need to know something, I know Dave will tell me, but I, I try not to spend too much of my time in that you yeah. know upsetting place because that obviously has an impact, right? If I'm only paying attention to the bad news, then I'm going to think that that's the way the world is, but I, I'm not willing to choose that. you know, I feel like, okay, I'll, I'll know as much as I need to, but let me focus on creating what I want.
0: Well, exactly, and what, and when we when we see that the news story goes out. M- might be true might not be true that's but that's when true. you get millions of people focused on the exact same story yep. the story then becomes the lived experience right. not because the story was actually real to begin with right or even true or even possible to begin right. with no but because we- so many people focus on the exact same thing it just becomes the lived experience.
1: Right. And we know that a lie told multiple times becomes a truth to, to some folks. To Although I heard a great expression. Um, what is, let's see the time. Oh gosh, now I can't even think of what it was. It had something to do with, oh, it's a conspiracy theory until six months later. And then we realize yeah. that it's a truth. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And that seems to be happening a lot. It's like, hmm, there's something and about that.
0: Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, you know, but when once we start to realize that, you know, we have so much more control over our own state of being exactly, than we have ever been allowed to know. You know, because the external world keeps pointing our attention to the fear, to the doubt, the worry, and then we simply assume that the world is a scary place, that we're really little, our attention is directed outward. And from these bodies, when we're looking out from our body, the body is small in comparison to the earth and to the rest of the universe. So we feel really small. Mm-hmm. But when we turn our focus around, we actually start looking inside, we realize the entire universe is inside. Mm-hmm. And when we see the universe inside our body, then we become as big as the entire universe. And we start to realize wait a minute, I have far more, I am. The universe I am this whole mycelium layer of unconditional love and light I can use this energy in any way I want mm-hmm. yeah like the great and we, I have am. All the answers.
1: we have all the answers inside of ourselves
0: exactly yeah we just have to tap into it exactly we just have to tune in exactly. when we start tuning inside to notice who we truly are everything comes back into harmony, everything Mm -hmm. comes back into place. And we start realizing our bodies are designed to heal themselves automatically, we don't have to heal our bodies, we have to get back in them. (laughs) And we have to. Yeah, and I
1: think part of healing is really listening to that inner guidance to say, Okay, these are the tools that I need to use in order to allow my body to heal. Right. So we need to, we have to provide a certain amount of nutrition. You know, and there's different tools that we can use in mm-hmm. order to give us the best chance of allowing our bodies to do what they're designed to do. Exactly. And part of that is actually, you know, detoxing, like getting rid of all these toxic things that are in our homes. That, that's definitely one of And eating really good, clean, nutrition, you know, nutrient-dense food.
0: Exactly you know, with, with all of these, the chemicals and the pesticides and the chemtrails and, you know, just by living, we're absorbing toxins from the external world. There's virtually no way around it. Mm -hmm. So doing some detox. Exactly.
1: So knowing that that's a reality, there are ways that we can, you know, detox and keep ourselves healthier and, you know, not as, you know, impacted by some of
0: these everyday life kinds of things that are happening (laughs) exactly yes you know we start to pay a little bit more attention to what's going into our bodies exactly you know it's really
1: even information right because for me detoxing is not just the the food and the substances it's like okay detox from the news detox from you know people that might have behavior that is toxic you know putting up our boundaries so that we're not allowing that into our space so much because all of
0: that impacts us exactly you know we've never been taught about energy we've just simply been taught that if you can't see it taste it touch it smell it that it's not real (laughs) right well guess what folks energy is everywhere we don't it's just it. even just rubbing your hands together like this mm-hmm. you, know,
1: you can i can feel it i'm sure exactly most feel that you right? feel
0: yeah we're feeling that electromagnetic energy that is around each and every one of us right, we right. each have our own electromagnetic energy field exactly. and anything that's in that energy field fear doubt worry shame blame guilt <laughs> you know, confidence, certainty, whatever is in our energy field gets configured into our reality. Absolutely. And we attract those
1: others with the same vibration into our space, right? So it's kind of like a tuning fork, you know, if I'm a B flat, and you're a C sharp, we're probably not going to connect. <laughs> but if we're on the same frequency, the same vibration, then we're going to be drawing each other in. So so actually what that leads me to is the idea that the more we live this way, you know, in harmony with our souls and really following our intuition and you know, living our best lives, that has ripple effects to those around us.
0: Absolutely. And it strengthens
1: it, right? So the more people do this, the, you know, it raises the vibration for everybody.
0: Exactly, and as as humanity in our purest sense, we are all we we actually are all tuned to the same frequency. In, at, if we are living in full integrity and harmony within ourselves. Mm-hmm. But because our attention has been over here, over here, over here, we have been so wounded by life. You know, we've got people vibrating, you know, fear, doubt, guilt, worry, shame, blame, all of these different frequencies. But once somebody comes back into coherence Mm -hmm. and they start emitting that coherent frequency, then like the tuning forks, other people start picking up on it. Because mm-hmm. if you have a football field of tuning forks and you hit one pretty soon, all the other ones are going to be vibrating as well. So this That's is how we, as the light workers, are retuning humanity, right. getting people to tune into their own soul song.
1: Exactly. And, and there's a little tool that I've been using lately because we all, I think, you know have negative thoughts that's just part of being human it seems and so what i've been doing lately is if i have one negative thought i immediately think okay i see that i'm going to let that go now i'm going to focus on three things that i'm grateful for or three things that make me happy or you know do something that makes me happy and and recalibrate that energy so that i'm not kind of going down that darker path to
0: whatever it is that i was thinking at that moment yeah exactly you know, and, and what I do as well is when I'm thinking these incoherent thoughts, Mm -hmm. these, these dark depressive thoughts, whatever, I, I stop myself and I ask, what's the energy Mm -hmm. that's attached to these thoughts? Is it fear, doubt, worry, shame, blame, anxiety? What, what's the energy? Mm -hmm. And then we can start to, to notice that energy. And then energy is actually really easy to transform.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And when we clear that energy out, those thought patterns that are attached to the energy actually go away too. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah,
1: and another thing that that reminds me of is, you know, we all have challenges, right? And one of the things I, I taught myself to do in a difficult moment is to say, what is this experience here to teach me? What am I supposed to learn from this? And that has been profound. Because then I don't get it into that victim mode so much. I'm more like, okay, so this is happening for a reason. What is the lesson that I'm learning from this? And what can I do with that, you know, as I move forward?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, asking good quality questions instead of why is this happening to me? Or what's wrong with me? Exactly. Which is the easy
1: way to do it because, you know, when something difficult happens, I think inevitably we all feel like, oh, my God, why me? <laughs> but, yeah, we can twist it around.
0: Exactly. You know, when I, when I found myself facing cancer, you know, my first question was like, oh, my God, why is this happening to me? Right. And then all of a sudden I went, you know what? If this is here, I created it. Somehow I allowed this to be made manifest in my life. Right. Even if it, if it was unconscious absolutely it was like I knew that I didn't create it on purpose I didn't create it consciously but I knew that I was the one that was responsible Mm. and I knew that if I had created it I Mm. could also uncreate it I could create something else yeah that's pretty amazing so it's like what's in your life that you have unconsciously created Mm -hmm. and now Instead of worrying about the the thing that you have unconsciously created, how can you turn your focus and consciously start creating what it is you actually want? Mm. Is what I discovered with health is it's not about healing our bodies. It's about creating the health that we actually desire. Right. And that's our inherent nature.
1: I'm curious for you, when did you realize all of this? Like, how did you come to this um, knowing that you on some level created the cancer and that you had the ability to uncreate it, as you say?
0: Well, I had been, I had already kind of gotten on my, my spiritual journey. You know, when I was two and three years old and I would go to sleep and I would just be part of the unified field, Mm -hmm. I could see, that humanity was asleep i could see that humanity had forgotten their soul wow. and i realized like hey this the unconditional love this is who we are this is our natural state if everybody remembered that we wouldn't be having these problems on the planet right so then you know but then i came you know get up the next morning and be in my body and go, Oh my God, this is a scary place to be. Like people, people don't operate by universal law here. So obviously like I can't be myself because nobody else knows what, like what I know. So, (laughs) right. Exactly. So when I ended up getting really, really sick, it was, I knew that it was because I was not living as who I truly am, I was living with so much fear and doubt and shame, you know, because I had always been told that I was wrong or, you know, I was supposed to do it a certain way. And -hmm. and like, none of those things made any sense to me because I knew that it wasn't true. Right. So I was just really struggling with my life. So I knew that those struggles, that emotional turmoil that I had been living in was literally the root cause of what was going on. And it was because I wasn't living as who I truly am. So right. I knew that that becoming who I truly am, clearing out all the programming was yeah. my, my journey home. It right. was the solution.
1: Yeah. Well, I know Dr. Bruce Lipton talks about we're programmed basically from in utero until the age of seven. Like we adopt all of these beliefs of our parents, the teachers, the people that are you know are around us the most. And then our task after that is to kind of unpack them all and say, well, does this work for me? Do I want to keep this one going or do I want to try something different, you know, something new? Um, That kind of explains a lot, you know.
0: Right. Exactly. So we're programmed by the ones who have been programmed, who were programmed by the ones who had been programmed. So the programming just keeps running.
1: Until somebody
0: stops it. Exactly. So this is obviously, this is the point in human history where a whole bunch of us have incarnated onto the planet at this time so that we can stop the patterns.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I did some interesting work. I don't know if you've heard of Family Constellations.
0: Oh, yes. Uh
1: Yeah. So I did um, a couple of sessions where one time I focused on my mother's family and, you know, sort of the things that I inherited through my DNA. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then, also, on my father's side, and it was it was incredible that that is a very profound type of <laughs> healing work
0: to try, yes, you know it, their thought patterns just get passed down to us. you know it when That's we're in fun. utero, we're right. just we're incubating in all of those energies exactly, so yeah, and I,
1: I think the trauma is particularly powerful where it's unresolved mm-hmm. um because you know if there's rape or you know any kind of trauma that happens in a lifetime and especially if it's not dealt with that seems to be the more powerful um that it gets sent through the different you know generations
0: exactly because there's so much charge Mm -hmm. on that you know everything is electromagnetic the electro is the electricity part and that's the part that gets charged exactly and when we have those charges in our body, and we don't know how to discharge that energy, we just walk around with that energy. It's like walking with our finger in the socket. Yeah. yeah. And we continue to do that. We wonder why we don't feel well. We wonder why we're anxious. We wonder why we're depressed. We wonder what's wrong with us. There's mm. nothing wrong with us. We've just got the finger in the socket. Because we've never been taught how to manage energy. Right. Which then brings us back to our conversation at the beginning about Gaia and Mother Earth. Right. That the earth is grounding. You know, Mm -hmm. it's called the ground for a reason.
1: There is is this grounding experience that people do just by sitting on the earth. You know, you connect with that electromagnetic energy of the earth, and it actually helps. You know, there's, I even have a grounding mat yeah, yeah. I it was kind of
0: neat yeah it's like if you think about having a lightning rod on top of a building it has yeah, those yeah. grounding wires that go down yeah. into the ground so when the yeah. the charge comes right. it gets yeah, dissipated and and <laughs> yeah. you know and siphoned off so it doesn't fry the building Perfect. well we each need to have our own grounding cord yeah. because our energy field gets that static electric buildup. Right. So when, we, when we've when we got our finger in the socket of something, the fear, the doubt, the worry, the shame, the blame, that's the finger in the socket. That's charged energy. Yep. If we can learn how to discharge it, if we clear the energy out of our energy field, right. it's gone. Right.
1: And I think that's one of the reasons I love going barefoot in the summer yes. because having your skin you know directly in contact with the earth's surface and also meditation i've been i've been really doing a lot more meditation than i used to and i find that to be very helpful
0: oh absolutely that's the tuning in that's the letting the external world fade into the background and pulling your soul forward getting Correct. quiet you know as body mind and soul That mind is like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it becomes the veil because we can't, the soul is the stillness. The soul is the quiet. Right. And as long as we're busy in the mind, we can't hear the soul. So it's that meditation that starts to quiet the mind and allows us to focus on the stillness, which is the soul. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Indeed beautiful so tell us more about the the green living okay um well, any anything specific that you'd like to know well like what what is it that you actually do on your farm to facilitate all of that oh, okay so we are
1: certified organic and what that means is that it's a, a regulatory process really so that everything that dave does whether it's the seeds that he purchases how much does he plant? What is the yield? What's he using for fertilizers? All of that is documented. And then, you know, there's an inspector that comes, right? So what that really means, though, to grow a sustainable crop, you really need to create a healthy soil. That's that's the bedrock of the, the process. If you don't grow that soil and put lots of um, green manure, which is really a cover crop. So, for example, he'll have a bunch of fields. Planted, but then there will be an area that's just got something like rye and that's growing just to grow the green organic matter so that once that freezes in the fall the next spring he plows it into the earth Mm -hmm. so he's increasing that soil structure he's feeding that soil and it's a big difference between conventional agriculture and sustainable because in conventional you basically have dirt you put a plant in it you douse it with all these petroleum-based fertilizers and toxic synthetic pesticides because on an organic farm, one of the biggest reasons why organic is more expensive is because you have to pay so much more labor to do all the weeding. Whereas a conventional farm, you just spray this nasty stuff and poof, those those weeds are done. So that's a big difference. Um, and then obviously which, what kind of seeds you're using, what you're using for fertilizer. So we tend to use like dehydrated chicken manure. Uh, You can use seaweed, you can use fish emulsion. Um, Compost is really good, although it's getting more and more expensive to try to buy it, you know, as a farm. It's different when you're a homeowner, you know, you don't have to use that much, but, um, you know, creating your own compost is ideal. Um, But what, one of the things that Dave does is kind of unique is, you know, as far as compost is he puts, the spent plants back onto the field, and then they just get plowed back in and they break down and they become more food for the soil. You're also wanting to attract pollinators, right? Without pollinators, we would have some astronomical amount of food would be missing from the supermarkets if we didn't have pollinators. And they are really struggling. I'm sure people have heard about bees, right? Um, One of the coolest things about bees is bumblebees, are actually the most efficient pollinators. They can pollinate like 10 times what a regular bee can. And we have blueberries. We've had, amazingly, he's got these blueberry plants that have been there for like 30 years, which is unheard of. You don't usually get them to last that long, but he does a lot of tender, loving care with them. Without the bumblebees, those blueberry blossoms would not pollinate because the bumblebees are large enough that their little noses or, you know, whatever that is that is harvesting the pollen can fit into the the bell shape of the blueberry. Regular honeybees cannot reach. Oh. So they're so important. So that's why we tend to attract uh, pollinators with flowers and, you know, herbs, medicinal herbs. There's a lot that the bees like. And so that brings them to the farm to help us. <laughs> wow.
0: So what crops do you grow mostly?
1: Most of the vegetables that you can grow, we do. Um, there's only a few things that he doesn't grow like celery because it's hard to get celery to grow that doesn't taste bitter in this climate. Um, But most of, you know, like tomatoes, corn, green beans, peas, um, carrots, beets, potatoes, onions. I mean, really everything Uh, it's it's and there's nothing like eating that fresh picked food. You know, I mean, it's so alive. It's got so much life force energy in it and you know that it's grown. And one of the things that I find really fascinating, I remember hearing that whoever prepares your food, whatever their mindset is when they're preparing the food is so important because that gets infused into the food. Then I heard that actually who's growing your food is even more important than who's preparing it because all of that energy that that farmer is putting into those crops is happening over the course of, you know, in our case, maybe three months. Um, as opposed to, you know, just the chef that's preparing the food that one time. Mm-hmm. That's kind of profound.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, it's such a, you know, nourishing our bodies. Yes. Nourishing our souls. It all goes together. Exactly. Because if we're not, if we're not operating as humans from integrity and honesty and kindness and caring. You know, all of that sloppy energy is being spread around in all of these crops as well.
1: And, and another big thing I just thought of, too, one of the another big difference between conventional agriculture and sustainable is in conventional, they will grow acres and acres of one thing. That is totally not the way nature works. Right. We notice the biodiversity of nature. Well, yeah. we do the same thing on the farm. So we have a lot of different crops growing in this you know, space. And then we're also moving them around. So not the same ones are being grown in the same place. So if I've grown corn in one field, I'm not going to grow corn there the next season because it's depleted all those nutrients that the corn needs. And the pests know, if I come back to this field, I'm going to get corn again. So all the ones that love corn are going to just be waiting for that to be planted. And so you can kind of mix it up
0: and confuse them.
1: Uh, (laughs) I love that. But, But more importantly, you're trying to build the soil back
0: so true are you know so much of the the soil the earth is so disrespected (laughs) that um you know we don't really even think about it but going back to the like the rainforest you know the rainforest is the lungs of the planet the trees are the lungs without the trees we don't have the oxygen and then we give off the carbon dioxide and the trees thrive on that. So like, it's a symbiotic relationship So we have so many people that don't really think about our, our relationship to mother earth. They, oh, and you're back. I think you're on
1: mute. <laughs> Oops. I muted it. So the dog wouldn't bark. Uh, yeah, no worries. <laughs> so I thought we were on a half an hour. It looks like we're
0: coming close. Oh, so to we're just the yeah, coming right up to the top. Okay. Run at 11, unfortunately. Ah, No problem. This has been a really fabulous conversation. Thank you so much for my pleasure. sharing your wisdom. So where are you in Vermont? If people are, are looking, would like to. Yeah, I'm to in,
1: I'm in Waitsfield, which is central Vermont, not far from Sugarbush Resort. And then probably the best way to reach me is my website which is catalystforchangecoach.com. So maybe we can put that link in and then you can see the the retreats and the, um, I actually have a free virtual vision board experience too that's coming up on the 21st. Oh, so that's oh. a couple, is that two weeks from now? <laughs> okay. So yeah, and so there's other stuff on the website that might be of interest to some.
0: Uh, beautiful and do you sell
1: you sell your produce at your farm yes at the farm stand seven days a week once we open at strawberry season
0: wow excellent so anybody that's in the vermont area yeah come on down please look up amy and her farm what's the name of your farm heart soren farm uh beautiful love that so everyone thank you so much for joining us today it's been another beautiful solution sunday sending out beautiful well wishes to all the mothers out in the world and mother gaia herself so amy thank you so much for joining us today we'll have all of your links in the show notes and on facebook we can pop them in the chat so anybody can reach out to you awesome
1: thank you
0: so much Thank you. I look forward to seeing if we can get together this summer since we're That'd pretty close. Cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> A stones throw away. <laughs> Thank exactly. you so sadly. <laughs> Thank you so much. Enjoy your day. You too, bye today. everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Connecting You to You Radio. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Are you ready to discover more about how simple healing your body can actually be when you do it from the higher wisdom of your soul? To learn more about what I do and how you can work with me, visit ConnectingYouToYou.com and get on my mailing list to be the first to know about my latest offerings. If you'd like to interact with me on Facebook, please join my group, Soul Sourced Healing. Check the show notes below for these links and more. I hope to see you again next time on Connecting You to You Radio.